Merry Christmas. It really is the most wonderful time of the year, isn't it? And it's not because of reindeer that dance or because of snowmen that sing. Christmas definitely isn't wonderful because of figgy pudding or moments spent under the mistletoe. Christmas is wonderful because we have been given the greatest gift of all time, a baby born in a manger. You know, when the angels made their pronouncement that night over Bethlehem so long ago, this is what they said. It's found in Luke chapter 2, verse 10. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This is Carol McLeod, your host, and I hope you'll join me every weekday from now until Christmas as we celebrate this season in a joyful, holy, and meaningful way. And may I just say it one more time, Merry Christmas. Christmas really is the most wonderful time of the year, but often we lose the wonder of this miraculous season because of the busyness that comes along with it. Now, if you think you're too busy, let me tell you something. When Mary and Joseph arrived in Bethlehem that momentous night, historians tell us that there might have been as many as one million extra people slogging through the streets of Bethlehem. They were all there because a decree had gone out from Caesar Augustus that all the world was going to be taxed. And so Joseph and Mary found themselves along with millions of other people. But the situation was this. Mary and Joseph had something else going on in their lives. She was about to give birth to the Savior of the world. And Joseph had to protect her, had to get her through the mass of teeming humanity and find a safe place for her to give birth to the Savior of the world. When you think of busy, when you think of the jostling of people and events and expectations, never forget what Joseph and Mary went through that night as well. You know, I do want to talk to you today about the busyness of the Christmas season, because I love Christmas. I love every day of this blessed and miraculous season. And one of the reasons I love it so much is that I really do simplify. I do not find great pleasure in going and standing in long lines with two million other people who are there. I don't find pleasure in that. What I do find pleasure in is celebrating the birth of my Savior in simple yet dynamic ways. You know, some years we send cards and some years I don't, and I don't feel guilty about it. Some years I bake cookies Most years, I buy cookies. I don't go to every party to which I'm invited because my family always comes first during the Christmas season. Maybe you're not too busy. Perhaps you're bored and you wish for some commotion in your life. You wish that there were 2 million people knocking down your door. And I want to encourage you today, don't sit around feeling sorry for yourself this Christmas season. Create some commotion. Invite people over. Plan an event. Go out with old friends for coffee. Bake cookies for the neighbors. Don't sit home feeling lonely and sad. Find somebody who will celebrate this season with you. 
If your children are grown and gone and don't come home anymore, look around. There are children everywhere. Invite a single mother over to your home with her children. Find a young couple who's far away from home and bake cookies together. If I could just say this gently to you, Christmas is not about your feelings. Christmas is not about your loneliness or your busyness. Christmas is not about your yearning for your life to be different somehow. Christmas is not about old lang syne. It's about making room for Christ in your life, whether your life is busy or whether it's boring. My friend, don't miss divine appointments because you're too busy or because you're too bored. I believe that often God allows an emptiness in our lives so that we can fill it with him, so that we can fill it with his plan, so that we can fill it with prayer and praying for divine appointments. I want to challenge you today. Look for divine appointments everywhere you go this Christmas season. Pray for divine appointments everywhere you go. When you get up in the morning and look at your list of things to do today, the most important thing you're going to do this holiday season or any day of any month of any year is to pray that God will give you divine appointments and then start looking for them at the grocery store. Lord, anybody here who needs encouraging? Anybody here who needs prayer? In the post office line, strike up a conversation with that elderly person behind you at the mall. Say some encouraging words to that overworked, underpaid sales lady. Say, I appreciate you. Thank you for helping me today. In your neighborhood, knock on somebody's door and invite them over for Christmas coffee. Look for a harried young mother that you can help her carry her groceries out of the store. Listen, don't become the Grinch, but overcome the Grinch because that's what Christmas is all about. My prayer is that this year, in the middle of your overly active life, you'll have time to gaze in wonder at the baby in the manger. Don't miss the divine appointments of the Christmas season because you're so wrapped up in the temporary aspect of of it all that you miss the glory of it all. The glory of Christmas is the miracle of his presence. It's a baby lying in a manger. Well, it was during that evening when Joseph and Mary were being pushed and shoved by millions of people down the narrow streets of Bethlehem that Mary felt the first of her labor pains. Maybe her water broke on the crowded street, wetting her garment and the donkey on which she was riding. Perhaps she said, Joseph, find a place for me to rest. You know, there was not an emergency room nearby. There were no midwives who could help Mary at this painful moment of her life. All of the inns were full. There was no room for the Savior of the world to be born. Luke chapter 2, verse 6. And while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And Mary gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. I wonder what was going through the mind and the heart of Joseph and Mary. Were they questioning God when they couldn't find a place to stay? 
God, if this child is really from you, will you provide for us? I wonder if Joseph's heart silently cried, God, this isn't fair. She's so young. She doesn't deserve this. She's in so much pain. God, we need you. I wonder if Mary quietly whispered into Joseph's ear, Joseph, please find a place for me to rest. And Joseph found nothing more than a cave. It was a barn. It was a stable in which to prepare for the quickly approaching arrival of their son. The smelly stable was rife with manure and unkempt animals. The hard ground was saturated with the urine of the barnyard creatures, and clean hay was sparse. What would the young father do? How could he make this labor experience easier for his wife? I can picture cobwebs drooping from the ceiling while a mouse or two scurried by in fear. I wonder if the cows were munching on the pungent hay and the sheep were sadly looking on as Mary labored and bled. It was into this putrid atmosphere of mankind, of subpar living, of unfair conditions, that the Savior of the world entered the war zone of planet Earth. You know, my heart stops as I picture the enchanted face of this teenage mother meeting her baby boy for the very first time. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. That verse, Luke chapter 2, verse 7, has changed everything for every human being who's ever lived since that moment in time. I think about Mary in the smell and manure, in the scratchy hay and straw, in her bloodied garment, she was gazing into the face of God, and he was looking back at her. God wrapped his tiny hand around Mary's little finger, and in that moment, God wrapped his love around Mary's heart at well. Will you pause in the busyness of this season and gaze in wonder at the God who sent his son for you? Will you go to the manger with Mary and Joseph and with me and look into the face of God? That moment in history, that singular moment in history, as Mary looked at this little boy, he was her son, yet her Lord. He was her baby, yet her majesty. I can picture it now. Mary couldn't take her eyes off of him. So great was her love for this child. I don't know what you're going through today, But I hope that like Mary, your gaze is fixed. It stayed on the baby in the manger. And when I think about this moment in Mary's life, to me, not only is it a wonder that Mary was gazing in awe and wonder into the eyes of God, to me, the greatest miracle of all was that God 
couldn't take his eyes off of Mary. So great was his love for all of mankind. All of eternity had eclipsed at this one climactic moment as a virgin girl held the Savior of the world in her arms and as they gazed into one another's eyes. I want to tell you something today. God can't take his eyes off of you. I hope that today's program reminded you what the heart of Christmas is truly all about. I love spending this time with you. And from my heart to yours, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.